well hello everybody I am actually making a video right now uh, I'm making this video because my pastor actually asked me to make this video and he asked me to put this out there on YouTube and so in obedience to what my pastor has asked being that I'm submitted unto his authority as he is submitted under the, the Lord's authority I am walking in obedience I'm actually walking right now as we speak as I record this but anyway uh, the Lord has given me prophetic vi visions and dreams for the past 21 years. He's given me many, many, many prophetic visions and dreams. And, uh, but I probably need to back it up way before then. I'm 49 years old. And there was a call placed on my life when I was 14 years old at a summer camp. Uh, at a church summer camp that actually turned into a revival and it was one of the most amazing summer church camps I went to many church camps as a youth because I grew up in church And so but this was one of the most amazing summer camps I can remember of course because I can almost remember it like it was yesterday I can even remember Where I was when the call was and I can still remember what it looked like all around me when the call was placed on my life And I was 14 years old I didn't know what the call was. I just knew it was full-time ministry. And the Lord would later reveal to me <laughs> at life. Actually, he started to reveal it to me at 27 years old. That's when he began to reveal this to me. Oh, it's so beautiful. What a peaceful day today. But anyway, uh, he began to reveal this call to me when the Lord found me at 27 years old. You see, something happened between the age of 14 and 27. You see, uh, Satan didn't like that there was a call placed on my life. He didn't. He didn't want me to have. He didn't want me to fulfill that call, and and I didn't know that the call was even significant. I still don't really know that the call is significant, either than other than the Lord tells me to speak things to people. He tells me to speak things to churches, and he tells me sometimes to send warnings, and. That's what I do. You call it whatever you want, but the Lord raised me up to be a watchman. And, and in 1997, when I was married with uh, two wonderful children to a wife that, had, that I had absolutely put through hell at 27 years old on the verge of divorce, contemplating suicide, thinking my children were a nuisance and were given to me to keep me from being able to be the person I was supposed to be. You see, Satan had twisted things in my head, just like he did when I was a teenager after I had dedicated my life to the Lord. Because what happened was, is he used people to deceive me into thinking that the church didn't care about me and that people of the church didn't love me. They weren't about my best interests and they didn't care for me at all. And so I began to hate and loathe Christians. By the time I was 18 years old, I ran completely from the church. I wasn't really ever going to step back in it. And I remember at 18 years old lying in my bed one night after I had taken a full bottle of aspirin because I was... I was, uh, was going to kill myself. And I remember telling God at 18 years old, lying in my bed on a waterbed. Uh, used to live behind a <laughs> railroad tracks. And so when the train would come through, it would vibrate that waterbed too. Oh, interesting memories that I have right now. But anyway, 
Uh, I remember lying in that bed and I remember cursing God one night at 18 years old and I cursed God and I said I'm not cut out to be that kind of a Christian that I that I am seeing in the churches where I go because again I was deceived and I had begun I had begun to hate Christians I said I got to find out what's on the other side and I got to find out Lord that I didn't miss out on anything and I am going to go experience the world. And I told him that night in my bed, uh, as I took that bottle of aspirin, because I was kind of expecting just that I was going to die. And I remember the Lord speaking to me while I was sitting on that bed and I was looking up. And he said, uh, he says, I have plans for you. And he said, uh, you are who I say you are. And I remember it infuriating me, and I got up out of my bed, and I went and looked for any other type of medication in the cabinet. And I grabbed another bottle of pills, it was another half bottle of pain pills, and I took those. And I went back and says, oh no, no, I, you're wrong, I'm, I'm done, I'm checking out. And, uh, and I remember God telling me he was not going to let those pills that I had taken, they were going to have no effect on my body whatsoever at all. And uh, it didn't matter. He wasn't going to let my let me take my life that night. But anyway, what he did do is he allowed me a choice because God never makes you do anything you don't want to do. He allowed me to go out into the world like I told him I was going to do. And boy, did I do it! I was I I went out and I sinned. Oh boy, did I sin! I did it with passion, and I mean I was all about finding all the worst sins you could possibly get into and I did it and I did it well so here I am 27 years old now after the effects of running from God for nine years of my life rewind I'm back and now here I am again on the verge of divorce about to kill myself contemplating uh, doing it again even though it miserably failed when I was 18 years old and here I am and I'm like, God, I was never cut out to be a Christian. And I had gone into my bathroom and I had undressed and I was about to step into the shower. And as I undressed and began to step into the shower, I told him, I says, you know what, Lord, I love you. You're not the problem. I said, the problem is I hate all those people you call Christians and the ones that you call your people. And no sooner than the words had got out of, come out of my mouth, audibly, I felt Jesus' presence. And he spoke to me in a voice I had never heard before. And he told me, you don't love me, Corey. You hate me. He said, you don't. He says, you hate the people. Uh, you. He said, no, how did he? He said, you love the idols. You love your Dallas Cowboys more than you love me. He said, you love your movie stars. You love your movie collection. You love your... <sighs> All the music CDs. I had a thousand music CDs at the time. I had over 300 different movies in my video movie library at the time. And, and I was Dallas Cowboys number one fan. I mean, this is 1997. They just won three Super Bowls. And I mean, man, I was... I was into it and the Lord told me that uh, that I worship the Dallas Cowboys I didn't worship him and the Lord told me by the fruit that had come out of my mouth and me telling him 
that I did not love his people told me that is why I hate him. And by the very fruit that had come out of my mouth, he knew I hated him. But anyway, he judges the intentions of the heart. He knew I hated him before, but that's how he explained it to me. Anyway, uh, immediately I, I began to bawl as uh, Jesus began to speak to me. And the, and the conversation went on for about 30 minutes. And I remember getting into my shower. And I just began to cry out because Jesus had began to reveal all the sin in my life. And he began to reveal all the hatred in my life. And he began to reveal all the things that I thought were love. I had twisted. And I had used it as a way to judge people into my own religious system that I had set up in my own life. That dictated how I treated people. And the Lord told me I needed to repent of it. He told me, he said, to get rid of your idols. And uh, the Lord told me I had to get rid of all my movies. I had to get rid of all my CDs. And I was like, uh, I had a thousand CD music collection. I was like, Lord, I love music. I mean, I absolutely love music. This is going to be one of the hardest things. This is the hardest thing I'm ever going to have to do in my life. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I've learned since there are much more difficult things in life. But at the time, that was a very difficult decision for me. But when God asks you to repent of something, He wants it to be a real deal. And when you repent of something, you have to get real with God. And you have to let go of whatever He is revealing to you in your life at whatever time He chooses to do so. In my life, for the last 21 years, since I rededicated it back to the Lord, and the Lord has restored me to the call that He placed on my life, has been a constant daily revealing of sin in my life where I am constantly having to go, Lord, I didn't even know. I repent. And then I dust myself off. I get back up and I keep walking this walk. But one thing the Lord told me in 20, when I was 27 years old and he raised me up to be, when he told me I'm going to raise you up to be a watchman. And I didn't even know what a watchman was. Didn't even have a clue. I had ideas, but the only thing that I knew was that when God spoke something to me, I was supposed to go speak it. And I was supposed to go speak it to all men with no fear. That's what I knew. But here's the deal. I'm 27 years old. I am one of the most angry, hateful people at the time at 27 years old in my life you've ever met. Here I am. I get called to be a watchman. So guess what I went off and did? <laughs> I went off and spoke the words that the Lord gave me to speak. But I did it angrily because the Lord had not done a complete restoration work in my heart. and Had not completely shown me how to love the whole walk of the Christian faith. The entire walk of moving on with the Lord is all about walking in a little bit more love, a little bit more forgiveness... That is the constant walk of faith. And when you put to death the deeds of the flesh and those thoughts where you're trying to get one up on somebody all the time, and you begin to put those thoughts to death, and instead of going and actually carrying out the sin of those thoughts that you have manifested in your brain by your own means or by the demonic presence that you bow down to because of your idolatry, you have to deal with it when God exposes it to you. You have to deal with it. It is an immediate thing. 
It's supposed to bring conviction. And you're supposed to fall to your knees and, and revere His holy name and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of that particular sin, whatever it may be, whatever the Lord decides to reveal to you. Anyway, enough on that. Let's get more into the prophetic visions and dreams that I have received over the last 21 years. The Lord gave me one that is very severe for the nation of America right now. And this is one that has been ongoing. Uh, the first time I ever re received any revelation on it was 2005 when the Lord gave me a vision of the locust. And he gave me this vision of the locust. And I could see a peaceful little city out there where it was all nice and quiet. And it had this wall built around it. But it was nestled like out into the mountains. I don't really have any mountains around here to show you, but it was a peaceful village. It was something like this. But you could see there were houses stacked upon houses, streets upon streets. It wasn't spread out with the big body of water like I just showed you right there. Uh, but anyway, I could hear the crickets chirping, and then I could hear the frogs, and I could tell it was the middle of the night. And as I looked out over that village and I saw it, it was like the Lord had shown me. He had given me a bird's eye stadium view. He gave me a box seat, more, more or less. So it kind of felt like I was up on a mountain, kind of, sort of. And I'm looking down on this village. It's, you could tell there was no electricity. I could tell there was no electricity whatsoever at all. And uh, it was all the... Uh, it, Everything was by natural power. So in a couple of the windows, you could tell it's the middle of the night. There were street, there were street lights out there that lit up the street, but they were natural. They had candles burning in them. It was not electricity. And then just in a few scattered homes, like maybe it looked like it was a town of maybe 50,000 people, for example. That's how big the city looked to me. Um, anyway, I see that city. And I could see that just, I don't know, in just very few of the windows, there was teeny tiny light coming from the windows of people's bedrooms. And uh, it didn't really mean anything to me at the time, but I could hear, because I'm focusing on the frogs, and I could hear the crickets. And then all of a sudden I began to hear a humming noise. I began to hear this humming noise, and I could see this city. I'm hearing the, the, the crickets. I'm hearing the frogs. And all of a sudden, I could hear a voice. And it was like, it was, it's like I'm looking up from a mountain. I hear a voice that's coming out in the city. And it's like the Lord began to magnify the situation to me, and he took me down on this city. And as he took me down into this city, I could see a man, and he was holding a lantern, a very old lantern, like something you would see back in the 1700s when they were signing the Constitution. You know, that type of a, a like a, a lantern, like a Ben Franklin type of a model or whatever. Anyway, so I see this man, he's walking in the street, and the Lord started letting me hear what he was saying. And I was like, what is this? And... Lord, I, I felt him impressed. Be quiet. This is not really a time to question. You can question later. And uh, boy, have I questioned ever since. I will tell you, man, that has been the wildest. I have begged God for the true interpretation of that vision since he gave it to me, which was back in, I believe, 2005. 
Um, but anyway, back to the vision. So here we are. We hear the crickets. We hear the frogs. We see the sleepy little village. We can see that there's no electricity. It's a, it, you know, it's a, a city of no power. And they, everything is done naturally, either by a candle or whatever. And there's this man walking the street. And he's saying something. And he's, it's, it's, he sounded quiet. So when the Lord took me up on him, I could actually see he was yelling it. And, and I was like, okay, what is he saying? And so as I got up closer, he was saying, wake up, the bridegroom cometh. Wake up, the bridegroom cometh. And that was the only thing he said. Guys, that was the only thing he was saying. And so it kind of went back to me. I was like, man, what does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, I know about Matthew 24 when you talk about the sign of your times. What will be the sign of your times when you're coming? And you go through great detail through Matthew 24 and 25, which I'm not going to address right now. We're addressing the visions. Um, anyway, so here it is. I hear the bridegroom coming. And so I was like, what is that? And... Uh, I went back, and then all of a sudden I was back in my original view. So I'm looking down on the city again. I've got this, I've got this skybox seating, and I, this humming is getting louder and louder. And I mean, it's it's gone from something you could barely hear at first. It was under the crickets, the crickets and the frogs was all you heard, and now it's gotten loud, and you can't even hear the crickets and the frogs anymore. All you're hearing is this humming. And so I was like, Lord, what is that? And uh, anyway, uh, I didn't hear, you know, I didn't hear anything at first. I didn't, I mean, I, I got nothing. So I'm back here at the stadium and I'm watching this whole thing happen. It's like watching a movie. It's like watching, it is like watching God TV in HD. That's the only way I know to describe when God starts giving me visions. <laughs> anyway. So, I'm looking down, and I begin to see just the outline of darkness start to come in on the city. And it was pitch, 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 pitch black. And I, I didn't understand it. Uh, and I'm watching it, and I'm hearing the humming. But you could tell a storm. It was something bad. It was coming. And it was coming to that city. And... Uh, all of a sudden, I could hear a clock start chiming. There was a grandfather clock, and it started to chime. And it was one of those old grandfather clocks that chimed every hour. So for each hour, if it was 12 midnight, the clock was going to ding 12 times. And it began to ding, and I could hear it dinging. All of a sudden, you couldn't hear the crickets and the frogs anymore. All you could hear was that hum. And all of a sudden, that hum began to get so loud and I had heard the clock ding for the 11th time and it was like in between there was a little bit of a delay that blackness began to move so lightning fast it became a roar and it sounded like an engine and after that 11th clock struck on the clock and I heard it ding all of a sudden the blackness was over the walls and it was moving in on the city and I began to hear screaming and panic coming from the city and people were yelling oh my god Jesus is here we're too late we're not ready and 
I cannot begin to explain the fear that was coming out of their voices when they were screaming. And I, it was real. And then I woke up. And you know, that was back in 2005. The Lord gave me that vision. And the Lord told me to take that vision to uh, two particular different individuals. Uh, he actually told me to take it to some church organizations. I contacted First Baptist Church, uh, or organization I called the Independent Fundamentalist. I did the Assemblies of God. I told everybody. I sent off emails of this vision. And I said, I'm, I, I think this is what it means, and, I, and I'm not even going to get into all that. And I had a clue. I kind of knew what it meant, but I didn't really know what it meant. But anyway, so I sent off this email of this vision, and I sent it to two particular individuals as well that I'm going to speak by name right now. And it was a gentleman's name, James Robinson, who has a television ministry, and you know what, There's no, that's all I'm going to say. Um, and then the other individual was uh, Francis Chan. And he was uh, a pastor over this church out in California called Cornerstone. I know most of y'all people probably already know who I'm talking about. But anyway, I sent them this vision and uh, kind of what I thought the Lord had told me. But anyway, to each person that I sent the vision to, the Lord gave me specific warnings and the Lord told me today while I was walking, I didn't even realize he gave each one a different warning. Like, I had to tell Francis Chan, and I'm going to tell you one of the warnings. I'm not going to tell you the other. But in 2005, oh boy. <laughs> oh. I was, it was the summertime, and I was listening to WBAP talk news radio. Lord had given me this vision. I didn't really know what to make of it, didn't have a clue. I just knew I was supposed to send it out as a warning to the churches. And so I did that, and I emailed that vision out to all the churches, and uh, that the best that I knew how to do. That, that's how I did it, And because uh, I knew that was, I was supposed to be obedient to that. But anyway, uh, there was two warnings in particular he told me to tell Francis Chan when I uh, sent him that uh, video of the locust vision that I had been seeing. Um, it was shortly thereafter that the Lord began to give me extensions of that vision, and He began to show me more and more of the vision. As I began to be obedient and do what He told me to do and send it out to the people He told me to send it out to, he began to expound on that vision. He began to reveal to me that the locusts <laughs> that were making the noise, it was a, and it was straight out of the book of Joel, the Lord began to reveal to me. And he began, it was the demon locust army that, that, that it talks about in Revelation, I believe, 9, where it talks about them coming out of the abyss. And, uh, and power is going to be given to them to torment men on the earth for... I believe it's like five months. It's kind of sort of what <laughs> these uh, Washington Kavanaugh hearings kind of look a bit like a little bit, kind of sort of. But anyway, 
Um, something sort of kind of like that, where somebody's just getting tormented in their families, being, you know, almost like ISIS. Anyway, uh, so after learning that it was in the book of Joel, and I knew that much about it, I began to intently study the book of Joel, and I studied the book of Joel for years, trying to figure out, okay, Lord, you've told me that that vision has to do with the uh, locust army in the book of Joel, but I still don't understand. I don't have understanding. You're going to have to reveal it to me some more. Um, well, uh, Lord, where do you want to take this? Uh, you want me to go there? Okay. So the Lord gave me another vision. It's really jumping ahead now, okay? This year, in 2017, in January, the Lord gave me a dream. And it was a very, very detailed dream. And uh, I saw this church. I was looking at this church. And it you could see all the cars in the parking lot. It was a Sunday morning. And this church was full. I know this actual church he gave me a, I mean it was an actual church what's so funny when I was a teenager at 14 years old and the Lord placed a call on my life that was the church he placed the call on my life in and that was the church that was in this dream now this church has a membership of I, I don't even know I I've heard as many as 10,000 people regularly attend this church so here it is. I'm seeing the parking lot on a Sunday morning. I'm seeing this church. Okay? And uh, I, and the parking lot was full. I mean, it was beyond full. It was packed. I mean, these people had to build a parking garage at this church because they needed a second level because there was nowhere to park cars. This is a very big church. Anyway, so I see this church. And all of a sudden, I see people running out of this church, which is very close to my home. This church actually is about 12 miles from where I live right now. And I see people running out of this church, and, and, and they're screaming, Oh my God, run for your lives, run for your lives. And I see them getting shot as they're coming out of the building and I mean the people they have a, a massive exits at this church so a whole lot of people can exit at one time so you've got hundreds of people coming out of this church at one time and as fast as they're coming out you've got fathers holding babies you've got men grabbing their wives you've got men grabbing their children everybody's streaming out of this church but the second that they got to the steps which is like uh, when you go up to this entrance they have this entrance and they have a whole level of steps that you have to go up before you can actually get to the main entrance to the church when they got to that second level of steps gunshots begin to ring out and all of these people began to sh be shot and they died and or they were dying and, and they were following and you had fathers falling down with babies you had you had women children everybody being shot and i could see blood begin to come 
you know, off of their clothing as they were being shot. So I knew because the Lord was showing this real vision. It was, again, just like the vision the Lord gave me about the locust. It was that vivid, like watching a high-definition movie. And I was like, Lord, what is this? What am I witnessing? And I heard the Lord tell me to turn around. And so in this dream, I turned around, which I have later realized was a vision because the Lord actually corrected me on it. I thought it was a dream at first, but the Lord corrected me and told me, no, it was actually a vision. That's why I was able to turn around and see and receive. And anyway, that's not important. Um, uh, so I turn around and uh, I see these people in masks and they were dressed just like the videos of ISIS soldiers when they were uh, when they were showing them uh, killing Christians in, in, in the Middle East and they had like these masks that would look like skulls kind of like you see it's getting more popular maybe you see people ride around with them on their motorcycles and they had glasses okay and they were holding AR-15 rifles that's what they were holding and they were firing these weapons in rapid succession. And what had happened is as the people came out of the church and they began to run towards their cars, people had begun to get out of those vehicles and firing on all the people exiting the church. I had that vision. And the very first of the year, I think I had it right. No, actually, I think I had it right. It was either right around January 1st of this year. It was right around the end of December. But anyway, I immediately, within a couple of weeks after praying intently about it, went to my pastor and told him the dream that I had thought I had that the Lord later revealed was a vision. Um, and so I began to reveal the vision to him, the dream, and, and, and told him, man, I'm I feel like the Lord's telling me this is really going to happen. This event's really going to happen. And my pastor, I think, maybe dismissed it. Because, you know, me and my pastor, we go way back, but we're just now really getting to know each other and, and, and what each, each one of us is about. And uh, so I think when I told him that vision, he might have, you know, I, I doubt he believed it I, uh, too much, you know. Well, anyway, about a, I wouldn't have, maybe, I don't know. But about a week later, um, uh, there was that shooting in Las Vegas, or a couple, or a month later, or whenever. I don't even remember when that was, because I don't watch TV, guys. I don't, I have a television. I just don't get any of my information from television. I get it from reading my Bible and praying. And then I have a few news sources that I can get news from that tells me news from all over the world. And it, it, and it takes out the propaganda. It takes out the satanic propaganda before you get it. And so it's a lot easier to get news and I can get it in a much shorter amount of time than to waste my time and turn on a television for three hours of Fox News programming and get 10 minutes of news and a bunch of satanic propaganda. I don't need that. I don't want that. Uh, or the same vice versa with CNN or whatever. It doesn't matter the news network. They're all evil. Um, it's all pumping out satanic propaganda left and right to blind the people of America. The United States of America has been blinded. But...
Anyway, back to these visions. About a month ago, while I was in church, after having that vision of the locusts and then that vision of the church being shot, I, we had just finished praise and worship service. And after we finished the praise and worship service, the Lord quickened in my spirit uh, that I needed to go reference something, uh, a statement that a prophet I found out about a couple days before had spoken and he wanted to show me something in the Bible. And so I remember asking God, okay, it was right after praise and worship and I remember and I picked up my Bible and as I opened up my Bible and began turning the pages, I said, Lord, that was Zephaniah, right? Or, 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 no, that's not what I said. I was like, that was Zechariah, or I think I even mispronounced the word. I know I did. I actually said Zedukiah or something like that because I was, I just finished praise and worship. I'm not even really, my mind ain't even really all there. And I heard an audible voice just as clear as day, just as audible as the voice you're hearing right now, except much louder, <sighs> said, no, go to Zephaniah. And I went, I just, I, I don't know what I thought. The second, the immediate second that it happened, I was like, who said that? And so I looked up at the, uh, my pastor, John, had just gotten up to speak. I get up, look around, and I thought my pastor, John, had spoken to me through the microphone, but it was a very stern voice. And I was like, John, how did you know I was supposed to look up a verse and I realized he didn't know he was totally talking about something else and, and he wasn't addressing me at all and he had a very happy voice while he was talking and the voice that had just spoken to me that sounded like it had come through the PA uh, PA system said no go to Zephaniah okay so I picked up my Bible and I opened it to Zephaniah 3 Okay, because the way my Bible opens, it immediately opened up to uh, Zephaniah 3. And uh, I read, you know, the first verse, the second verse. But when I got to the third verse, it talks about the princes being lions, okay? <sighs> the day before, it had just hit national news, or maybe it was Friday. There had been news that the United, or the uh, Supreme Court of Pennsylvania had released a document... Uh, a 900-page uh, grand jury indictment chronicling all the crime they discovered in the state of Pennsylvania over the past two years. That's what this document is. And it exposed so much corruption, and most of you guys already know what I'm talking about, but I think there was a thousand priests that were Catholic priests named in this document, not to mention all the other people. You had politicians in there, you had police officers, you had fire department. It was a mayor's. You had a huge scandal. It was a cover-up. They've been hiding in this all this information according to this grand jury indictment from the American people for 30-something years, right about the time the Clintons took off. Well, no, it's actually before then. It was really right about the time. It was, no. oh, hey. it was right about the time that uh, uh, Bush took office, the first Bush. 
that's when all this stuff started to happen. And uh, it's been going on ever since, and they've been hiding it from the American public. And, and the, U or the Pennsylvania Senate just came out and released the document for all of America to see. Very interesting read. But it's one of the sickest, most twisted things I have ever heard in my life. It was just crazy what was listed out in, 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 as some of the testimony that was contained within that uh, grand jury indictment. But anyway, that had happened Friday. So I open up my Bible and I get to verse 3. And I don't really think of anything. And it talks about the princes are like lions, okay? And, uh, talking about the nation, this tyrannical city. There's this tyrannical city that, that the prophet Zephaniah is prophesying against, and it's a tyrannical city. And it describes this tyrannical city in great detail. And when you go back and you read chapter 1 and chapter 2, it describes the destruction of the tyrannical city. It describes what it did. It describes what it destroyed. That's what chapters 1 and 2 talk about. And when you go back and you begin to read chapters 1 and 2 fully, you will begin to see that's describing the Middle East. And it was because of the Moabites' contempt for the Israelites, basically their anti-Semitism, he was going to allow their destruction to happen. And he was going to send a tyrannical city to the Moabites to destroy them. Okay? And it, it listed out in detail, in great detail. It's listing it all out right there in the book of Zephaniah. It describes the destruction of ISIS. I don't know if you just heard what I said. The book of Zephaniah describes to an accurate detail what is currently going on in the Middle East. Okay? See the importance here? So you go to Zephaniah chapter 3 and it's going to begin to tell you who the tyrannical city is. Okay? Well, you get Chapter 3, verse 3, it says the princes are like lions. Right underneath that, it addresses the judges. Have we not seen corruption like no other in America that has been exposed to the American public about our corrupt judicial system in Washington, D.C.? And it talks about these judges. It says you're like ravenous wolves. It says you hide, or it says by the time you're done ravaging in the evening, because it's talking about these ravenous wolves, by the time you're done